Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Second of a tough back to back for the Edmonton Oilers. 5 4 overtime loss last night against Winnipeg. They're a great team tonight to get the Philadelphia Flyers, who uh, they're kind of a tough team to gauge. This is Oilers Now. Guests in the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Now open for lunch uh, Monday through Friday, 11.30 a.m. at Roos Chris. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Every Friday, courtesy of our friends at the River Cree Resort Casino, we've got 5440 December 29th and live and let die on New Year's Eve. At the River Cree Resort and Casino, tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. It is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet Hockey Night Canada fame. Hello, Elliot. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you doing? Well, not bad. Not bad. It's Good. never a dull moment in Edmonton when it comes to hockey because you know what? In this market, kind of rules the day. You know what I'm saying? It's the nature of a Canadian oh, I'm, marketplace. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. You're not familiar. By the way, did you did you have anybody on interesting at all to uh, to your Thirty One Thoughts podcast with uh, Jeff Merrick and yourself this week? Uh, John Cooper. Oh, how was he? He was good. He was uh, he was really good. He's really uh, suave. I have to say, he uh, <laughs> he knows how to uh, answer, give you a good answer without. Uh, causing a gigantic fireball that's amazing how that happens uh tell, tell me this if tampa bay doesn't win the stanley cup this year do you think they make a change there the coaching wise yeah because there'd be about 30 other teams in the league lining up to get them no you know i you know i've, I've heard that people ask that before like you know first of all i, I kind of look at it like do they like if they compete hard and they lose Yep. No, I I don't think you would like if your if your team is super competitive and say you lose in seven games in a hard fought series, I, I don't think you're looking at anything like that. If they flame out and get swept in the first round, I, I'm sure it's not just going to be the coach who's going to be under scrutiny there. Well, they do have a new general manager with Steve Eiserman stepping down, Julian Breezeball running the show there, yeah. Elliot Friedman. Um, Oh, how did Andrew Ferris look when you saw him there that day? <laughs> he looked fine. There you go. Well, what's said is said, and we move along, Elliot. There you have it. All right. I mean, look, whatever you want, Bob. It's your well, show. No, no. You know, at this stage, he clarified some of his position statements on uh, on Twitter, and for me, that's okay. It's kind of overdone with. Like, I, I got to be honest, but I can't. Okay. I can't have you on the show and not reference the fact that for a couple day window, you know, you basic thanks to you, I, I had a free show on Tuesday with Mark Spector. Like I didn't, you know, I know we had a game that night against Colorado, but we did an hour basically talking about the situation that was, and I was very pleased to see that Andrew took some personal accountability uh, for the fact that he was uh, supposed to be a leader on a on a team. The team was not good that year. Um, 
and again, everybody's got a different perspective on things. I mean, Andrew's always been an open-minded guy uh, and open, yeah. open with his thoughts. You know, like when Danny Paye was in Boston and blew a guy up with a hit, it was rare to hear a, a current teammate of, uh, of a guy sit there and say, I don't agree with that hit. I mean, usually guys say, well, you know, I didn't really see it or you know what I'm saying. So we, yeah. we know he's going to comment. Uh, it's also interesting because he, he works – from the National Hockey League, so the Oilers pay one thirty-one of his salary. But hey, yeah, I, I, I've heard this argument. Yes, it's not an argument. Oh, what I'm saying to you is he's entitled to his opinion, um, and it was interesting timing, and he is a very interesting guy to talk to. How's that? Does that work for you? Uh, you know, like Bob, like nothing is going to offend me. I, like I'm not easily offendable. Uh, you know, I I think this 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 is with some with some time to really think about it and kind of look back at, at what happened. You, you know, this is this is what I think. I'm never going to argue with somebody. We all in the number one in the media. Sure. We Absolutely. always rip people for not being honest. Yep. And then we rip people for being honest. And that's kind of the way it goes. And look, if I was a player on that Oilers team and I was offended by what he said, as far as I'm concerned, you have every right because he's calling into question some of the people on those Oilers teams. And if those people are bothered, I think they have every right to be bothered. The other thing I would say, though, is, and this is one thing that I, I really think, like when, when Spectre was coming on, he called me in advance and he said, you know, was that kind of set up? Which I think is a really good question because as Mark pointed out, sometimes... You, you, a guy comes on a show or a sure. woman comes on a show, they want to know what are the questions going to be. That never came up. It was not like we were setting it. It's not like Andrew want. It's not like Andrew wanted to come on and rip everyone, or we wanted him to come on and rip everyone. There was no agenda. And I think what we and I struggle with this too, Bob, is that in this day and age, things gain a life of their own and especially someone like like Ferentz who's not um, around has not been dealing with this kind of media for a long time um, I think you get surprised by where things go like there's sometimes I write things and I'm like uh, no one's going to care about that and it becomes a firestorm and there's other times like people are going to go crazy about this and it goes nowhere and you just never know what's going to happen. I think that, you know, probably um, for him, I don't think there's any way he thought that this was going to turn into what it was because he said a lot of that stuff before. So it happened, and it's like once bitten, twice shy. I'm sure that yeah. in the future when he does stuff like this, he probably won't be as honest, which some people will say as is a good thing. But I'll say, as a member of the media, I think it's just disappointing that, you know, people will look at this and say the right answer is not to be honest. Well, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm glad he clarified it took some personal accountability, okay? I don't, yeah, I, Bob, I honestly don't think that, that he meant to throw it. I, I, like he said, I think it was his way of saying that I'm, when he talked about being a fourth and fifth defenseman, I think on the podcast, I think that was his way of saying that he wasn't good enough to make a difference 
and that bothered him. But everybody interprets things. I remember Chris King, when he played for the Maple Leafs, he gave up his assistant captain. He was an assistant captain in Toronto, and he gave it up. And I remembered asking him, you know, how come you gave up your letter? And he said he gave it up because he was a fourth liner. And he said a fourth liner cannot be an assistant captain. And it really hurt him to do that. He was, it, was, it was a thing that you know, really ripped it apart of his soul. But he, it was his way of saying that I'm not good enough to make a difference here anymore. And I, and I think it hurts to admit that and to do it. And I think that's what – I don't think Ference ever went into that interview to, to say I was not at fault for what happened. But I guess people kind of took it that way. Sitting there next to him, I don't think that's what he meant to do. Well, there are some- but I will just say, Bob, if the players were offended at what he said, I would understand that because, you know, some players are probably looking at it and saying, uh, are you really talking about me here? Yeah, well, uh, some players might sit there and say, maybe you shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. And, yeah, all of that could be true. Right. I mean, I have no, you know, I have no idea, Elliot, what players would think of that. But it was an interesting decision. I remember when Jason Smith, now he'd been a captain before. Andrew Ferentz had not. Um, Jason Smith went to Philadelphia actually when he got traded in the uh, uh, Lupul and Sanderson went to Edmonton, and the uh, Flyers got Pickinen and uh, uh, Jason Smith. Is that right? Do I have, yeah. I have the trade going the right way there. And long story short, Jason Smith was the captain for one year because they weren't ready to between Mike Richards and Jeff Carter to make a decision there. And then Jason played out his year, and then he was moved along. This was a slightly different situation, but I, I remember when the Oilers signed him for your deal, thinking, man, it's too bad they couldn't have got this guy at 28 instead of 34 because that's a tough position for a, a player to truly lead when you, yeah. can't, you can't impact the game in enough different areas. And the other thing is his personality, He, you know what? He does. He's a highly opinionated guy, and on some, yes, he is. And on some issues that some guys, frankly, are a little uncomfortable talking about. So, yeah. And and I applaud him for some of the stuff that he, you know, he's been involved with. I think it's terrific mm-hmm. that he does some of the stuff that he's involved with. Um, so, anyways, it's my my point is he did a little bit of a clarification. You had him on. We couldn't just ignore that he was on your show when it was in Edmonton. Uh, water cooler talk for the course of two days. Let's move along, Elliot. Okay. All right, Bob. When's the, ro- when, when's the roster freeze? December nineteenth, next week. How hard are teams working right now to try to do something for a, a, an early Christmas gift? I think that some teams are trying. I mean, I, we all know who these suspects are. We know there's L.A. Uh, we know there's St. Louis. We know there's Chicago. Those are some of the teams near the bottom. Um, you know, and I think there's some other teams like Boston has been looking to try to get another center for quite some time. I think they're continuing that search. Um, you know, one name I kind of heard uh, a bit out there was uh, Burakovsky from Washington, a talented guy who's been there a long time, and you know might need a, a, a bit of a uh, might need a bit of a fresh start. Um, you know, I, I think that there's. Uh, but I think there's a lot of talk going on. I, you know, I, I, there's there's a lot more teams out of it this year 
it maybe it seems to me there's a lot more teams out of it this year than normal at this point in time. So I, I think those are the teams that usually drive the conversation, and I think there's a lot of conversation. Well, there's no question that it's a it's a different year in that regard, right? Uh, is St. Louis out of it? Do you think? I mean, they got they got a long way to come back, right? And the thing that really hurts St. Louis is that some of these other Pacific Division teams are finally getting going. Like, if you remember a month ago, yeah. Vegas looked lost. They looked much better. You guys look lost. You look a lot better. Um, you know, we were sitting there saying, okay, five teams for sure from the Central are going to make the uh, are, are going to make this the playoffs, and now it could be five teams from the Pacific. The way it's suddenly going, yeah, it's just. I think it, I wouldn't. I just think St. Louis is looking at the big picture in their organization, and they're saying, you know, we've got something that's really not going well here. How are we going to make they're, it better? They're too slow now. They got Schwartz back, and to me, yeah. that's a difference maker. And I mean, I guess you look at it, and historically speaking, if you're out of it by U.S. Thanksgiving, you're done. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Blues are sitting with 26 points in 29 games, so they got a lot of games left. They got the most of anybody in the West. And they do have Jaden Schwartz back, but they don't have Petrangelo. Uh, Nick Kiprios made uh, the comment on your guys' show Saturday night that, you know, I've heard Petrangelo's name in the past. Yep. <laughs> the package was going to have to be incredible to get him. Uh, and then there, the other guy is Pareko, and I know Frank Cervelli from TSN has got Pareko as the number one guy out there in his trade list. And something's got to give us St. Louis because their team speed up front, even with getting Schwartz back, isn't great. Is there any possible way they could be, you know, move the big Russian, a guy who's, you know, for three years with Vladimir Tarasenko was a top three NHL goal star. Would he possibly be in play? I think they're considering everything. Uh, I think they're listening. Um, look, when you have a season like when you have a season like St. Louis has had, you sit there and you're thinking, okay, we're going to be a contender. Like it's pretty similar to what you guys went through last year, Bob. You go into the year and you think, okay, we're going to be a contender. We got a chance for something this year. And you have the kind of year that St. Louis is having, and half of you is like, what the hell just happened? Yep. Like, what the bleep? And it takes you a while to sort of figure out and say, why are we like this? What's happened here? And as a result, I think they're in the, in the middle of doing that. They're also sitting there and saying, okay, throw us ideas. What are you willing to do? What's the trade value of all of our players? Now, since Nick mentioned the Petrangelo thing, and I believe he's totally right, what I believe happened is when Nylander was unsigned, St. Louis made Toronto an offer, like Petrangelo for Nylander. And there was probably more there, but those were two of the key pieces. Yeah. And so Toronto didn't want to do that. And now we'll see if they revisit it. On Tarasenko, this is why I think it's possible. Tarasenko has a no-trade clause that kicks in on July 1st. And they are sitting there saying, are we absolutely sure he is our guy locked in? And they know if they want to make a change, they have to do it in six months. Like, was Toronto going to be offering uh, two number one draft picks, Lilligeran and uh, Nylander, to get Petrangelo? Because it ain't happening straight up because the two players' values around the league. You're, you're saying plus-plus in terms of the Leafs getting Petrangelo. I, 
I, I think there was more there. I don't know. But one thing you have to remember here, uh, the one thing you have to remember there is, is that, first of all, Nylander is six years younger than Petter Angelo. And secondly, Petter Angelo's only signed for one more year. If St. Louis was doing that for Nylander, they were getting term. All right. So, you know, I'm sure there was more there. I have no doubt there was more there, Bob. But it's not like you. I don't think anybody straight up hockey wise would trade Nylander for Petter Angelo right now. I don't think. But, but as they both age, it's not so ridiculous. It really isn't. Fair enough. Elliot, I'm going to ask you about uh, two other teams to watch because they got decisions to make. Well, they don't have decisions to make. they got they got to get active. Tampa Bay Lightning yep. have got to get Braden Point signed in the offseason. They're going to have to move somebody out. Most people think it'll be Tyler Johnson. I'm sure in a perfect world, who's the the Kalorn, uh, the big forward out of uh, Harvard that's soft? That's Kalorn, yeah. That's, yep. the guy, that's the guy that I'd like to get rid of, but... They're going to end up having to move somebody better than that to get uh, points signed. And with Winnipeg, you know, they've got three terrific restricted free agents. Line eight, let's say 10. Let's say six to seven for Connor, especially if he gets yeah. a second 30-goal season. And then Truba, I mean, you know, he's got to be a five-and-a-half, six-billion-dollar defenseman. So does Nikolai Ehlers become available? Well, I, I think in those two situations um, – I don't think Tampa Bay is going to have any trouble moving Kalorn if they want to move Kalorn. He's signed to a very reasonable contract, and he's still a pretty good player. I wouldn't be surprised if JT Miller is on that list, too, yeah. for Tampa long term, just because you're going to have to do something. But I think Tampa will try to add a defenseman this year. Uh, I'd heard Muzzin's name. I was told that was not true, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try to add someone like that. If you're Tampa, you can deal with all that in the summer. You're in it to win the Stanley Cup this year. For Winnipeg, you know, the one guy you mentioned there, Truba, it's never been easy in a contract negotiation with him. Well, who's his so agent? I, uh, Kurt Overhart. And what's his name? Overcharge or Overhart? Over. You know what, though? I'll tell you something, Bob. If I Hey, he's a good I, agent. He fights for his clients. You know what? Like, like seriously, like, if you're a client... You want that. I know, like, I'm sure that he didn't want Victor Arvidsson to sign the deal that he signed, but Arvidsson was happy, so Overhart did. Matthias Eckholm is, a, is, an, is an Overhart guy. There's no way that Overhart wanted him to sign that deal, but the client does it, so you do it. Hey, it all Elliot, depends on the client. Elliot, I think Truba eventually long-term goes. Uh, some people have called Jerry Johansson, who's an Edmonton-based uh, agent, the uh, smiling agent assassin, right? He's the nicest guy in the world to deal with. Um, you know, managers like dealing with him, but he gets good deals for his clients on long-term yeah. deals, right? Well, that's what an agent's supposed to do. I call Jerry the smiling, non-return phone caller. Wow. Can't speak to that. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? What can I say, Elliot? Hey, I got one more for you. Okay? Sure. Edmonton started the year in Sweden against New Jersey, yep. who kicked yep. the snot out of the orders in that game. The Devils, yes, the Devils impounded Boston 7 nothing. They were 4-0 yeah. to start the year. Okay? Yeah. They have won six of their last 25 games. Yes, they have. Yes. Like, it can't all be goaltending. I know Schneider's hurting, but 
Were they just too inactive during the summer? They lost a couple bodies. They didn't really replace anybody. I know they got Johansson back. Did you think New Jersey would? I thought they'd be better. I thought they'd be better than this. I thought they'd come back to earth a little bit, but I thought they'd be better than this. The goaltending is a major deal. You know, Kincaid, you know, Kincaid gave them everything he could, but he's just not, you know, he's not a 60-game guy. They needed help for him, and they, unfortunately, Schneider just isn't able to give it. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the reasons they didn't make moves is, you know, you may be familiar with a guy who's non-restricted free agent in a year and a half. What's, what's Taylor Hall's number? Ten. Oh, I think it's more than that. You think it's more than ten? Yeah, I mean, look where the cap's going. He's a heck of a player. Like, 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 if Taylor Hall goes to the open market, are they going to have to? Are they going to have? Do you think he could be? Do you think he could be in play here? I think the only way I think he's in play, and I'm the only way, is if they don't think they can sign him. Well, have they done enough to make him want to resign? Well, the one thing I do think is he has enjoyed it there. I mean, would he like the team to be better? I bet he would. Nobody wants to be in a situation that New Jersey's in right now where they're struggling. But in terms of quality of life and stuff, yeah, I think he likes it there. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, but the thing is, I get what New Jersey, I understand Shiro's thinking. You want to be able to pay your best player. And look where we're going in this league now, Bob. The star players are taking bigger chunks. So if you're telling me that Ray Shiro is waiting until he knows what Hall's number is uh, before he does a ton of other things, to me that's smart business. Elliot, as always, we appreciate your time. Um, You know, shoot me a text. Maybe I can put you in contact with some people. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> you know, Bob, I, I, that's pretty good. I got to tell you something. You should send me your paycheck for this week if I did that much programming. It was one. Show. It was one show, and we moved along, but we had to just revisit it because, of course, he was your guest with Jeff Merrick. And, yeah, with uh, Jeff. Please you know, don't leave Jeff out. He and we're not surprised. And we're not surprised that there would be appreciation for Dallas because both you and Jeff like Dallas. And uh, you know what, Andrew, obviously got to be captain. Dallas made that decision. And you and me both think Dallas is going to resurface in the NHL as a head coach and be better for his experience at Edmonton. So, Because that's the way it is. We don't cheer against people. We want to see people that we come across be successful. Bob, as you know, I like 99% of the people I meet, even you. Oh, the listeners can totally appreciate what you're saying, Elliot. Thank you for your time, (laughs) man. Have a great week. All right, Bob, have yourself a great weekend, okay? You bet. That's Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Elliot's appearances are brought to you by River Cree Resort Casino. 5440, tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. And, hey, we got Oilers now, road trips, Nashville and Vegas to see the Oilers playing two of the most exciting arenas in the National Hockey League. These Oilers now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with myself and guests and parking at Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these roadies for the Oilers now, road trips. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Off to Global News Weather Traffic Update. When we come back, a former NHL general manager, now analyst for the NHL Network, once the number one overall pick in the NHL draft, Brian Lawton. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.